the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I want to welcome you again to this Monday edition of Lifeline. It happens to be August 10th, 2020. Glad to be in the house with you. Hope you are glad to be in the house with me as well. Just uh, encouraged and excited about today. Woke up this morning after a wonderful worship service with the people of God. Just uh, thankful once again for a beautiful sunny day. Just absolutely phenomenal out there. I hope I hope your day was well. Kind of rested. I stayed in house and did a a lot of work. Uh, fundamentally, just working on on uh, different theological subjects, different topics, kind of just reflecting on where we are in this uh, uh, COVID journey. And uh, just glad to be with you. The number is one 367 If you want to call in and start a conversation, uh, start a dialogue about a topic of maybe something we've already been discussing over the last several weeks, Perhaps you have a theological question or a pertinent practical question, or you may want to challenge me on something that I've taught or said or have uh, set forth in the past weeks and months around where we are in this whole world of COVID and the elections and social justice and all of these things that are um I, I really do believe are like precursors to the next major transformational manifestation in our nation and in our world. And I think mean, a lot of people are also uh, sensitive to that reality, too. We're just kind of on the harbinger of a bunch of uh, events. And we're not quite, quite sure as to how to think about it, how to view it, how to consider it. Well, from a political standpoint, what I see taking place here is a real, almost a, 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 a fevered pitched desire and passion, particularly on the part of the Democrats, to just, by all means necessary, if you will, get President Trump out of office and, uh, and, and move into a kind of... Uh, uh, new agenda. And such an agenda as, mind you, was never ever really uh, depicted by the Democratic Party in whole as it is today. I had a chance last week to read through the Democratic Party uh, uh, outline, outline, the platform for the Democratic Party, not 2016, but 2020. Now, I'll tell you what, if you ever get a chance to read it, to see what they are saying about what they want to implement and what they want to get done, 
in uh, in this year and next year, uh, if you have any understanding of, of policies and and the implications of policies and and and, and what it would look like for them to have the kind of um, power uh, of the helm at their hand when they're talking about raising taxes so significantly and then talking about implementing massive uh, social programs. Um, all of it is just really a bizarre. I mean, the page is like 20, 30 pages of this thing with, with just endless, endless promises and propositions that when you go away from it, it really amounts to two things. Just kind of a massive uh, Santa Claus mentality of telling the American people what they're going to give them, what they're going to give them, what they're going to give them, almost kind of like a codependent relationship as if American citizens live for the government to give them something. I mean, it's quite remarkable. I don't have the policy in front of me, really don't want to pull it up to that end. I just, as I read several of the pages of it, it just seemed endlessly ludicrous with the kind of promises that they talk about implementing. And I thought to myself, anyone that would read this policy, this this platform, with an understanding of what it will cost for them to implement what they want to implement, completely free health care, free housing for anybody that crosses the borders, no matter what the conditions are. Um, a phenomenal idea. Um, um, the, 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 again, returning back to massive health care for all, doesn't matter who it is, documented, undocumented, just massive medical for all, uh, uh, medical coverage for all. Um, just a tons of uh, a, a platform issues that generally Democrats have been engaged in uh, in terms of wanting to do for 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 decades uh, in terms of like the uh, you know uh, green planet with green businesses and things of that nature. But the one thing that was just amazing to me was the kind of massive type uh, tax hikes that they want to put on. They always say they're going to put it on the rich or they're going to put it on the upper middle class people that are um, are in the bracket of a million dollars or so a year in terms of assets. <clears throat> well, you know, if I know anything about uh, what what the middle class is here in America, a million dollars, particularly in California, is nothing. For them to want to raise the tax hike up to over 39, 40 percent, along with all the other tax tax hikes we are already dealing with. Uh, it was just kind of phenomenal to read it through and see how blatant they were about how much money they want to spend as if they have money, period, which they don't. So when you hear them talking about spending all of this money, whose money are they spending? Be sure to know it's yours. I mean, yeah, they couch it in terms of taking it from the wealthy, uh, which has been a big ruse for decades. But it's really not going to be taken from the wealthy as much as it's going to be taken from what they perceive are the moderate wealthy, which is the middle class. And I'll, I'll tell you, that's going to create a massive amount of animosity if that thing actually gets off the ground after November. But the other thing that was extremely remarkable to me when I actually read the um, the Democratic platform, uh, um, if you will, for 2020, was just how much of that platform has in it a hostility towards President Trump. 
I mean, when you read it through, they are blaming him for everything. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost laughable because when you see how every time they turn around, President Trump, this President Trump, that we're going to take this from Trump, we're going to take that from Trump. Trump started COVID. Trump started this. I mean, really, it was it was almost as if the way they think about the American people. And, and I, I see this with the politicians, especially with uh, with uh, with, with uh, Joe Biden. Uh, the way they think about the American people is that the American people are so emotionally driven that if you tell them that you're going to give them something, they don't even think through the consequences of such a proposition. They just basically salivate at the mouth like Pavlov's dog and say, oh, good, oh, good. You're going to give us something. You're going to give us something. And then on the other hand, when they say it's all Trump's fault, Trump this, Trump that, Trump the other thing, Trump the other thing, uh, it almost sounds like what people believe is that Trump is almost like a god. Like everything that is wrong with America, as people perceive it, happened directly because of what Donald Trump did. And it's it doesn't apply to uh, politics in general. It doesn't refer to uh, our our structure as a government uh, in terms of business, the free market. It doesn't refer to any kind of uh, real, natural, uh, catastrophic uh, abnormalities like the COVID-19 having a major impact on our society. No, it's all Donald Trump's fault. And, and again, if you read it for yourself, it's just a remarkable piece of almost childish-like writing. It doesn't even really sound like adults wrote that thing. I was I was amazed. And it, it, it caused me to take away this thought, which is what I'm working on these days. And that's how people think. How people think. I think one of the big issues that's going on in our world is how people think. One of the things we have discovered as we have been kind of entering into and breaking down and deconstructing this whole Black Lives Matter and social justice movement and the bigger, larger um, argument of systemic racism and the implementation of that kind of narrative in virtually everything that's going on in our country, every every school system, every uh, uh, every part of the uh, educational system, in our businesses, and, and, and in politics. This narrative is everywhere. It's all on the television, as you guys know. Um, when, you, when you think about it, it sounds so much like empty propaganda, a kind of tool for blitzing you with narrative information that, that, that bears no resemblance uh, to reality, but is designed to affect a kind of mentality and a perspective that's also designed to evoke anger and evoke uh, pessimism and evoke a kind of attitude of discontentedness. John MacArthur was just talking about those kinds of maladjusted emotional attitudes in his exhortation early. How people think. Uh, the proverb says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He is as he thinks. And boy, I'll tell you, how people think is a big issue today. We've discovered that there's a vast amount of postmodern thinking that dominates the uh, 
the, the, the minds of men and women, that they do operate highly out of a fundamental relativistic ideology. That is to say, they do not operate out of objective reality that's based upon objective science and objective facts when you stand back and become uh, broadly critical of propositions and ideas that are put before you, but rather people function from the standpoint of how they feel and how they perceive it to be. And this is being reinforced as reality throughout the whole, as you guys know, uh, a system of uh, of diversity and uh, inclusion and equity. Uh, you know, people have a right to believe what they think and perceive as reality. And uh, it's having a major effect on our on our on our society in terms of the larger uh, group dynamic. When you get people unhinged from reality, when you are able to cause people to to uh, be dislodged from facts, uh, from the broader universal realities that we all are privileged to be a part of in terms of perceiving the world. When you can, when you can redefine reality in terms of a kind of uh, uh, postmodern, uh, if you, if you will, a refabrication uh, of, of social construction, and then just repeat that narrative over and over and over again, what you get is what is called deception. And deception is always the consequence of a dis uh, a dysfunctional or defective method of reasoning through what constitutes reality and not generally when a person is deceived by a huckster um, a con man or a set of uh, uh, ideas that are that designed to to distract you from reality and if you will kind of a magic trick which is the thing that's so uh, alluring about the world of magic or hypnosis, if you will. Once a person is blinded and obscured in their mind by the kind of uh, uh, manipulative narrative that that obscures uh, the facts, then then they are what is called technically deceived, and that's the work of the enemy. His job is to deceive the whole world. The battle of the church is to expose that mechanism, to expose that process, to stand over against it and show the world what what the lies are. I'll tell you, I I think about the diabolical nature of politics in our world and how every time we come up on an election, what you hear from our politicians are just massive stories that are framed and, 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 if you will, just just fabricated to tell you something that you know could not be possibly true just because they framed it the way that they did, but because they really do believe that the American people are just that simple and just that naive and just that ignorant. For instance, you know, I've been watching uh, uh, Mr. Joe Biden for several months now, and I don't know how anyone would deny that he has mental issues at this point, meaning a very significant loss of uh, of thinking skills and therefore communication skills. That that there is obviously a a dementia type of Alzheimer's setting in on him, so that he does not reason things through well. He doesn't frame his words adequately enough to actually finish sentences. And I don't know about you, but 
uh, I do know dealing with loved ones who have had uh, dementia and Alzheimer's that as parts of their brains become uh, dysfunctional, uh, aspects of their personality become exaggerated. And they can take on a kind of can take or behavior. And you know this, they can become rigid, they can become difficult, they can become problematic. And I see that with Joe Biden. And also, uh, because, you know, when when Alzheimer's and dementia is setting in, you don't really have the ability to negotiate a filtering process for your thoughts uh, in a healthy way. In other words, what you might be believing about something, you won't say it in terms that are explicitly uh, 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 honest as you see it, because you are conscious and aware socially that this would not be to your advantage to say a thing this way or that way. But when you are suffering from dementia or suffering from Alzheimer's, you don't have that kind of filter. And Joe Biden doesn't. And I don't know about you. But if all these people are going to be, you know, all about and in a tizzy around racism, how can it be that one does not pick up those really clear sentiments in that 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 poor man that's starting to just uh, come unravel? I mean, what he's saying is so explicitly clear. But the question would be, does one see it on the one hand? The other thing is, does one want to see it? Does it matter who is being the racist with, with this generation today? And if politics is involved, yes. I mean, it's, if, if this is about politics, where, you know, you got one group on one side and one on another, and, and one group is really touting the, the racist card in order to get their way, then people on their side may very well be just as racist as they are, as I would argue all the time. Everybody's racist. Everybody's discriminatory. Uh, whether you like it or not. And everybody has levels of privilege by which they would implement that to the hypocrisy of their own person. This is what makes this whole movement so so uh, insane, quite frankly. But it's very obvious to me that Mr. Joe Biden is in a lot of trouble. I don't think he's fit to deal with this office. Um, what do you think? one 367 one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'm talking about thinking a little bit today because this is what I'm teaching on this week. How a man thinks in his heart, or what a man thinks in his heart, or as a man thinks in his heart, that is who she or he or they really are. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. All the lines are open. Would love to hear from you on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. All right, we're back. The time is 526 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Two lines open if you want to just start a conversation with yours truly. one 367 You're going to be hearing me if you, if you, if you follow Jesse Gistan uh, from Web Grace. Over the next several days, uh, teaching not not here uh, on the KFAX broadcast. We're still in the book of the Revelation, and we are around chapter three of the seventh church. 
of Laodicea. And then we're gonna you're gonna hear a series on KFAX probably starting at the end of the week where I'm going to be dealing with the diabolical nature of politics. I've been teaching this series at Grace over the last couple of months, dealing with a lot lot of the dark side of the political agendas that are going on in our country, along with the social movements that are adjacent to it uh, for uh, for the purpose of revolution. And so that's going to be uh, 12 noon lunchtime for many of you. You're going to hear things you never heard before. They're going to challenge you. They're going to illuminate your mind. Some of you are going to be significantly uh, uh, offended. And some of you are going to be significantly uh, affirmed in, in, in what you have intuitively uh, begun began to realize is is a, a wholesale propaganda machine that is seeking to, to deceive the masses of the American people, the Western countries at large. But I do have two lines open, one 888 one I'm going to be pressing into some classes this week, tomorrow, uh, starting Tuesday and then Wednesday on thinking, biblically uh, challenged thinking, because the word of God would challenge you along those lines to think soberly, uh, to to not think contrary to the way the word of God has uh, framed our worlds, that the believer must have a sober methodology and process of thinking so that he or she is not deceived by the prince of the power of the air. So we're going to talk about um thinking, because uh, according to the assessment today, the average person intellectually is either lazy, this is called intellectual laziness, they are either intellectually honest, intellectual honesty, or intellectually dishonest, intellectually dishonest. They are also either intellectually willfully ignorant, that means they, they have an aversion to facts because it comforts them not to know. They know how to build a fortress around not knowing to survive. And then finally, uh, according to the psychological assessment of people on a larger sociological level, masses of people walk around in a self-imposed self-deception. They're deceived. Deceive. Now, if that's true, if the fundamental makeup, the, the composite makeup uh, as a whole in, in Americans is that we are intellectually lazy, then we can be lied to easily. If we are intellectually dishonest, then even if we're told the truth, we won't necessarily uh, receive it to our benefit because we're dishonest. If we are willfully ignorant, then truth is is uncomfortable. And if we are self-deceived, then truth is ineffectual. And so, yeah, we're going to be talking about how to gauge ourselves relative to whether or not we are walking uh, in reality or not, or has the framework of postmodern thinking set up a kind of prism of interpretation that has dislodged us from the possibility of even remotely comprehending truth. Let me go to line number one and talk with Jermaine from Alameda. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Hey, Jermaine, what's going on? Well, just, um, Wanted to kind of catch up with you. I, I finally found those grievance studies that you were uh, you're recommending, and I, I watched several interviews by the people who pulled them off. They were quite hilarious. But um, it also speaks to the naive nature of a lot of folks just kind of bowing down to the 
to the God of studies, I guess you can call it just if, if something's in print, they automatically say it's science, so it had to be true. But I, I, the reason I bring that up is because I was having a conversation with a family member and it had to do with this upcoming election. And he's obviously on a Democrat side. Sure. And I always point out how I'm not in either political party, but right. I also, just because I can't stand someone's character, I cannot willingly just lie about the nature of what, what they are. Cause it seems with uh, Trump that a lot of people just don't like his attitude. Right. And he's a, he's a very unhumble person. And he just says a lot of things that people wish they can say, and he gets away with it. However, job performance wise, that's a whole nother story. And I can't deny when things are going great for the country. And I watched this person who I care about pretty much deny anything is wrong with Joe Biden. If anyone's paying attention to the Joe Biden from 10 years ago on the stage with Sarah Palin versus the one now, it's, it's literally sad to me to, to watch him. He's kind of a shell of himself and he's barely holding on. Yeah. Day and, and night. Yeah. And, he, and a lot of people just don't care. And I keep hearing references to, we need this and we need another candidate. I'm, and you know, I'm like, Hey, um, I'm not in your category. So what is this? We stuff. I just wanted to get your opinion and you kind of spoke to it already on uh, what is going on, because it seems like it's almost like some kind of war going on in Washington behind the scenes, and it's just playing out in front of the televisions every week and throughout the country. I, I just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, man. There's several tiers here, uh, layers, if you will, of, of, uh, of personal uh, assessment about what's going on. And I'll just talk about a couple of them uh, for, uh, at, at, the, at the front end of what's going on. Uh, Joe Biden just happens to be affected by some kind of psychological, uh, physiological uh, disability in a very inconvenient time. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, when 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 uh, Alzheimer's or dementia sets in, uh, it, it, it becomes obvious in a subtle way. And then over time, it can escalate. And one interviewer made it very clear talking with Joe Biden a couple of days ago that he knew that his cognitive thinking skills were diminishing as well. He said, Mr. Biden, I'm 60 something years old and I'm very much aware that my um, cognitive thinking skills are diminished compared to what it was when I was in my 50s or in my 40s. And he says, but you're 12 years my senior. You don't see any problem with the way that uh, the way that you're thinking and and Jermaine, I, I'm almost sure that this interviewer, which was a professional, had been tracking with the Joe Biden that you and I know has been in the field for almost 40 years plus of politics. It's very evident what Joe Biden was in terms of a much more uh, eloquent, much more coherent speaking person, much more vibrant, much more because uh, he's he's fairly aggressive, too. I mean, you know, if you talk about. Uh, Donald Trump being abrasive and a little hard and 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 braggadocious and much more narcissistic. He's just maybe a, a notch up from from uh, Joe Biden. If you listen to Joe Biden on the trail for decades, as have I, you can hear him being uh, very uh, brutish, very uh, uncharitable, sometimes just blunt, even with his own constituents. And this is what has come out in much of his what I call unfilled responses to the pressured questions that are raised by 
by interviewers uh, in terms of his racist disposition. Now, that being said, because they're all explicit, if you take all of the quips that Joe Biden has uttered over the last six or seven months that are explicitly uh, discriminatory, and you were to take his name off of those quips and put uh, uh, President Trump's on those quips, everybody on the planet plus their dog would say racist, racist, racist. But now, when it comes to Joe Biden... And people that are on the left and are Democrats and wanting to actually win the White House. This is what I'm talking about, the irrational thinking that is rooted in intellectual laziness or willful ignorances or self-deception or intellectual dishonesty. And not only is this what I'm talking about, I'm talking about how politics is the diabolical machine that brings about an obscuring of the mind at such a massive level that this impacts millions of people who are moved emotionally because they are on a team and they want to win. And so denial is palpable on their part. And so, yeah, the person that you're talking about, the loved one that you're talking about, Jermaine, that individual is in denial. That individual is either intellectually lazy, intellectually dishonest, willfully ignorant, or self-deceived. And the only way that we could really determine that is if we could uh, have another topic presented to him or her or them. And that topic produces the same kind of threat because what happens with people is that when you say things about a candidate on their part and you are basically you know asserting that that candidate is is disqualified for this reason or that that's a threat for them and if your cousin is as most of the people are today on the left uh they are so rabidly desirous of the white house that they are ready to just commit perjury when it comes to the question, is Joe Biden adequately capable of of doing what is required as the president? Is he not explicitly stating things that are clearly uh, biased, prejudiced, and racist? And they're just going to stick their head in the sand and say no to you because that is what happens when they move towards an election. They are irrational and they are intellectually dishonest. And, and, and that's really on the face of it, just wanting to win the political side. The other part of it, in my opinion, has to do with the deeper goals of, uh, of the Socialist Democratic Party that has deeper roots into what you have been hearing me teach uh, is a Marxist agenda. It is so explicitly clear uh, what they want that if anyone did any, any of the research that you guys at Grace are hearing me do, you could easily see all of the pillars the terminology, and even the pathological behavior of people who are fundamentally Marxist. They want the power because as soon as they get the power, uh, you talk about another level of of, uh, transformation taking place in our country. It's going to be a remarkable change that occurs that is going to lead us to that next level of oppression and, uh, and, and the sad dystopian reality that comes with uh, people who are deceived by a Marxist agenda. Uh, there are other levels under that that I could talk about that really get into uh, the demonic realm as I, I'm putting together some of these arguments, but I'll, I'll leave that 
for now, Jermaine. These are the areas I see. I see uh, politically the same machine that runs every four years where one party that's in will, uh, will say certain things a certain way and the other party is the opposite. But when that other party is about to get in, they'll use the same kind of policy arguments that their opponents used four years or eight years earlier because politics is a diabolically deceptive machine like no other system in the world uh, with the exception of maybe false religion listen thanks for the call got to take a break pay some bills james from the bay you hold on veronica from santa rosa you hold on two lines are open one triple eight three six seven five three two nine i'll be right back and now back to lifeline and we are back. The time is 544 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Talking about not being able to think correctly, um, intellectual laziness or dishonesty or willful ignorance or self-deception. Uh, and, and I'm talking about that, 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 uh, that constituency of, of, of people who are probably the consequent of what Dennis Prager just suggested that you go watch. No safe spaces because... What he's talking about there is what Jermaine had basically introduced in our conversation about uh, evergreen grievance studies, the very clear uh, college collegiate uh, experience where Eric Weinstein exposed the university for um, for fraudulent uh, 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 works when it when it came to articles by which their 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 college would be governed in terms of policies and protocol uh, in 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 the college a lot of the uh, again the, the 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 systemic racism paradigm policies that are rooted in diversity inclusion and equity. Uh, the social justice paradigm. This is what Dennis Prager is saying has has just flooded the world with its ideology. Uh, and, and the way you produce young people in those colleges who become emotionally centered, um, if you will, propagandist of this particular agenda is that you protect them from what we call a, an oppositional viewpoint uh, argumentation. And what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is, and this is why a Judeo-Christian framework of governance is the best model for a free country you can ever have. What that means is, if you say something that I think is not true, I have the right to challenge your proposition. If you say that the moon is red and that there is no other way to understand it as red. And I come along and said, no, the moon is not red. What you're seeing is something else. You're not seeing a red moon. And I'm willing to debate you on your perception of the moon. But you say, no, this is my standpoint epistemology. You can't question me on this. You don't have the right to make a judgment about how I feel and how I think and how I perceive it. It is my relative my relativistic viewpoint and you don't have a right to critique it. Well, at that point, the issue and benefit of free speech is over because a person can assert something that's not factual and is protected by safe zones from being challenged along the lines of their assertion or their proposition. And our country was never meant to be a country where free speech is shut down because a person is afraid to be challenged on their views. 
Now, universities, the word university means uh, university, unity out of diversity, meaning that people come to the university with different ideas, different views, different assumptions, different uh, uh, viewpoints, and, and get a chance to talk them through, weigh them out in a civil context, put them on the table. Let's have a rational debate or discussion about them to see if your position is superior to mine or inferior. If your arguments are valid and solid and uh, non-falsifiable, let's challenge those arguments to see if they have validity. But if we take away the process of debate, which is what the Proverbs plainly lays out as the only healthy way of dealing with allegations or assertions or propositions, the man that is first in his own cause always is going to appear just until his neighbor comes and searches him out. And where we are in our culture today is when viewpoints are set forth and flooding the culture and flooding the environment and flooding the radio waves and you don't have what used to be argued as balanced views to challenge that, then we are simply trapped by a kind of propagandist, one-sided argument about what reality is. And that's the danger of what's going on today. Let me go to line number two and talk with James from the Bay. James, are you there? Hey, Pastor Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm great, brother. What's going on with you? Yes, uh, three things. Uh, first, uh, based off the observation of what, you know, we've known to be true, and you touched on it uh, in an earlier segment of, you know, the quiet uh, hum coming from the left, uh, the goal of getting Trump out of the White House and, you know, and, you know anti-Donald anti Trump. Right. Is it conceivable or possible I want to get your feedback on this. Would they stop at nothing to rig the election? I just ask this as a concern because there were a number of things that came up in previous uh, elections where traditionally blue areas, because there are, there are red, excuse me, red areas of California and conservative areas where those areas were all of a sudden uh, flipped the blue, if you will, and there were concerns about different tampering of of voting, if you will. Okay. Of course. Remember, Bernie Sanders was just about to win California when he ran, and uh, all of a sudden, this specious, uh, very bizarre, and uh, suspicious event occurred where you turn around, and all of a sudden, he's uh, he's out, and and he knows he knows that something suspicious occurred. Now, the voting issue, and cheating, and and ballot problems, and and uh, mail in ballots, and all. All of that, uh, James, all of that is the very dirty, dark part of politics of which both sides love to sling the notion that the Democrats are cheating or the Republicans are cheating. When you get behind the scenes, you realize that they're both doing it. Unfortunately, there is a disproportionately larger manifestation of that when you look into the facts on the part of the Democrats. But with them wanting to, uh, if you will, uh, produce a mail-in ballot voting process this time, this 
exponentially increases the capacity for uh, for a, a bogus and spurious numbers count uh, in their favor. That is a very, very high probability on their part of wanting to kind of rig the election to that end. Unfortunately, uh, the history of, of voting in, in America uh, lends us to that concern. And then beyond that as well, what b- would be the other questions that you would uh, want to pose upon that? Uh, in the observation uh, that you made regarding uh, Joe Biden, the last segment about uh, uh, his mental, uh, you know, his mental ability, if you will. Now, having said that, since both Biden and Trump are close in age, mid to late 70s, could someone take that same observation and apply it to Donald Trump as well? Uh, the, the the facts are is that and this I love this question because this is where we deny uh, a notion of egalitarianism that rejects biological factors or evidential factors or what we would call empirical realistic uh, uh, assessments that would distinguish one 72 year old from another 72 year old. Quite frankly, if you listen carefully to uh, President Trump over against uh, Joe Biden, the clarity of uh, Donald Trump is unquestionable. This man is extremely clear. He's extremely coherent uh, in in the areas of which he is speaking. Now, whether one agrees with what he says or, or likes the way he says it, those are two different things. When you listen to Joe Biden, it's almost sad and difficult to hear the manner in which he speaks and, and breaks sentences and, 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 and substitutes words and, and then has to back up and rephrase. And then even in backing up and rephrasing, not knowing how to finish and then has to default to some kind of qualifying statement that is uh, substantially uh, different than the way Donald Trump is. Donald Trump is not uh, struggling with any kind of uh, mental uh, deficiencies that would hinder his ability to speak clearly. But but would there be some other concern that you would have uh, with Donald Trump on a health level? Uh, no, I just I just knew that both men were in their seventies, and when I was hearing your your assessment of it, I said okay. Could someone also apply that to Donald Trump, you know, as well? I tend and and, and he got that early on. Remember, before he became president, the one thing that they were saying was that they were concerned about his health. He was eating uh, McDonald's hamburgers and fries all the time, and they were wondering whether or not, you know, he could put up with and endure the stress of four years in the presidency already being in his 70s. And quite frankly, if we're just objective and be and honest, and I didn't vote for him for those of you who don't know who I am as a radio talk show host, um, I didn't vote for Donald Trump, not because I was concerned about his health or anything. I just did not accept uh, his moral deficiencies that were explicitly laid out that were incontrovertible and unarguable. And I, 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 I just don't uh, want to lower my standard of who should be president based upon, uh, you know, convenience or popularity. Now, having said that, he won, and in having won, two things that he has done that has uh, been very obvious to me, James. One is he's proven himself to be healthy enough to, uh, to to govern in the White House at the level that he has. He has the energy. He has the presence. He has the clarity. He's still very much vocal, very much 
at the helm of control. You don't see him being held up by any of his administration as if he is uh, feeble and problematically ill like uh, as was the case with Hillary Clinton uh, when she was running. And even now, Joe Biden, with his administration, having to protect him everywhere he goes. Um, so and then, you know, it's it's very clear that Donald Trump has actually advocated and implemented policies that have been substantially pro-Christian and uh, and, and pro-right. Uh, and, and all of that is something for which we actually need to be thankful for uh, as Americans, whether we know it or not. So in that regard, uh, even though notwithstanding my disagreement with him personally in terms of his character and background, he still has proven on a practical level to be uh, absolutely uh, prudent and prescient in terms of the policies he's implemented and everybody who is honest and this is where talking about intellectual honesty comes into mm -hmm. to play because I know a lot of Democrats who are businessmen and businesswomen who clearly see the advantages of the uh, Republican platform when it comes to economics they have benefited significantly from Donald Trump and they will say it quietly because uh, in many cases they're cowards they just won't tell the truth because in, in on the left, you know, if you if you if you say something out of lockstep, you get canceled. But uh, the reality is, is that, you know, there's a stark difference between the left and the right. Is there is there anything else that you had to yeah. say along those lines? The last one was and you opened up the segment with uh, Dennis Prager's uh, No Safe Spaces. Do you have you had any input on Uncle Tom? No, not yet. And, and that's one that I'm going to be looking at really soon. Have you seen it? Not yet, but that's what we're talking about. So, okay, those were it today. But when we review it, we'll have to get together and touch bases on it. And I will definitely hope, I hope to be, have watched both Uncle Tom as well as Safe Spaces so we can have that conversation next Monday. Thank you for your call. Let me see here. Let me do one more before we hit the break. May I go to Veronica in Santa Rosa? Veronica, are you there? I am here. Thank you. Um, How are you? I'm fine. How are you with all the COVID and everything? You know, I said, oh, are you going to go to the store and get COVID? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I do, but I need you to cut your radio down so that we're not getting feedback. Okay, is that better? Excellent. What's your thoughts or comments on our topic, or is there something else you wanted well, to discuss? Yeah, you know, I was uh, listening to you. I, uh, my An elder turned me on to AM 1100. I usually listen to Caleb. Now, sure. for the last uh, three decades, um, you know, the Bible tells me to pray for wisdom, understanding, and discernment. And you had mentioned discernment, and I thought, see, I've been a Democrat, like, all of my life. Why? I didn't even know. I didn't know why. <laughs> Somebody told right. me I was a Democrat because I was not rich. Right. Um, so that was why I was a Democrat. Now, hmm. did I vote for Donald Trump? Um, you know, there were so many times I thought about it, and then there okay. were times where I, I said, no way. <laughs> so right. It was a, a toss-up, and then finally at the 11th hour, I just didn't vote for him. And um, and then it was just listening to everything about him lately and for the last four years, in my opinion, in my prayerful uh, world of discernment, is that they're using him as a red herring. 
Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. to so that they do. We do not look at what they're actually doing with their the propaganda, as you're stating it. What they're actually um, trying to get, like even my uh, family members who say, "Well, I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm an independent," but they would still never vote for Donald because you know they. They don't like the way he speaks, you know, and yes, okay, fine. He's the biggest narcissist person, you know, but then there's so many men out here in this world that are narcissists. It just is. I don't know why. I don't know who raised these children. (laughs) You already answered um, the question right there, quite frankly, Veronica. (laughs) You, You did. In fact, you do know why. But I totally agree with you in terms of how you came to become much more objective about politics, which I I argue vociferously about the scriptures as well, because people have the same kind of uh, preconceived notions about how to approach uh, worship of the true and the living God and Jesus Christ, as well uh, politics. Politics and and, and religion are the two most abused uh, ideologies in the world, in my opinion. And in America, where people are uh, highly uh, uh, inflammatized, if you will, um, when it comes to times of elections, they, they lose their Christian viewpoint. Quite frankly, they don't have a biblical worldview when it comes to their choice of politics. It's a sad reality. And this is what I meant by uh, self-deception and willful ignorance and, and intellectual laziness because the Bible would tell you and I to actually think honorably, think soberly, think rationally. But when you put the whole political process through the prism of scripture and ask one how could they actually be inclined to this direction of uh, policy agreement when you know what the word of God says about different moral, ethical uh and spiritual realities, people are operating out of major levels of dis, uh, cognitive dissonance. And you understand what I'm saying now, having kind of yeah. awoken up out of the party line plantation position of being a Democrat just because you're, you were poor. Now, there's a whole lot more for us to learn and to, to understand about the uh, deceptions that politics plays in manipulating millions of people into buying into promises that largely don't come to pass. Uh, in the lives of people and yet they go out and do it again and again and again. One uh, one uh, sociologist, sociologist Jonathan Haidt said basically it is what is called the tribal syndrome and Jonathan Haidt is a brilliant uh, brilliant man in his assessment of what's going on in the contemporary culture around a lot of the ideologies that are shaping and framing the present context. He said it's it's called tribalism. In your tribe, you can be as bad and as 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 hypocritical and as self-destructive and as contrary as all get up, but. Uh, you're not going to get sold out. And this is what goes on in the black community as well. You know that. We've got tons of problems in the black community that are so massively uh, self-inflicting. But because we're part of the tribal uh, component, we are in denial of the real issues and what we really need to solve our own problems. I'll give you the last word before I take a break. Okay, you know, I I do want to say that 
I uh, do believe that in the past year watching Biden, it has been a sad, sad yeah. thing to watch him. Yeah. And, and I've been watching him since the beginning. And then when everybody started dropping off, dropping off, dropping off, dropping off, and, and Biden is the one, Biden is the one. And I'm like, no, oh, my God, no, you know. But another thing, just real quickly, I believe that when Hillary lost and nobody could believe it and Trump got in there, God has a plan. And yep. whatever that plan was these past four years, that was the plan, and the plan is what it is. Regardless uh, of whether evil comes in, God has already won. I truly believe if he wins again or not, it's God's plan, and we just have to handle it. I agree with you 100%, my sister. I love the way you are thinking. Continue growing in that God-centered view because it will keep you off the plantation. It doesn't matter whether people like it or not. Our God's on the throne. He's sovereign. He chooses whom he wills. And once God chooses whom he wills after we all vote, then we have to pray for them and work with what is Amen. before us. Amen. Amen. Yep. God you. bless you. I mean, the God scripture tells us I, to even pray for our leaders. So there you go. Absolutely. Bless you, my sister. I've got to take a hard break, pay a bunch of bills. When we come back, Pam, Dan, and Gloria on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. 